No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world, this is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. Welcome to the No Guts, No Galaxy Podcast 127. My name is Phil, and I'm your host. Today is December 3rd, 2014, and I'm joined by co-host Brandon and Tyler. What's going on, Brandon? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, but I don't know what's going on here. Uh, who are you people? It's been forever. I know. The, the lost children of Kerensky. They're, they're here. They're back. And of course, how are you doing, Tyler? I'm doing great. I was going to say, how's uh, you wrapping up finals or getting ready for finals? Yeah, it's... Pretty much over here. It's been less than a week. Hold on, is this your last semester? Are are you done after yeah, this? Should, yeah, should be. Bada bing, bada boom. Life on the outside isn't what they chalk it up to be. I'm just going to say that. I know, the dude. Real world. You're you're about the to be in like, world. you're about to be in like first civ div. You know that, right? Like officially first civ div. No comment on it. Anyways, first civ div for civilian division. Yeah, yeah. You didn't get that. Sorry. <laughs> Should have thrown that out there. You're like, what the hell are you talking about, Phil? Yeah. All right, uh, we also uh, want to give a quick shout-out to uh, Darren. Mama Bear is having some, some stomach issues, and uh, he cannot be here. So we just want to say we love you. <laughs> Anyways, uh, our guest today, you guys have heard of him. And, uh, well, you should have heard of him because he is a YouTube superstar. He's a mech porn addict, just to preface that. And, of course, he's a billionaire playboy, the side strafe. What's going on, strafe? Hello. I don't know about some of those things, but uh, all right. Uh, thanks for having me. So out of all those things, you would say you're not a mech porn addict, or are you? We could go with the Playboy minus the billionaire, billionaire part. <laughs> <laughs> all right, dude. Anyways, welcome back. Uh, you know, obviously, we want you here um, to give your feedback on some of the topics of discussion today. And we haven't talked about a few things in a while, so let's go dive into that. And one of our first topics is, it's going to be a pretty lengthy one, but uh, we've sort of talked about this before, and I think actually mentioned it on the last podcast about a month ago, but we really never delve into it. So let's go dive into that, and that is uh, Time to Kill. I want to get all of your guys' opinions on this. Um, you know, we've heard Paul and Ross... Uh, you know, an official like on the podcast with Max and Beer, and then we had Russ on the town hall. When Time to Kill got brought up, you know, they both weren't really happy with the current Time to Kill, which is relatively low considering. And um, let's go dive into all this. And I, I guess is how do you slow things down? If if Time to Kill is too quick, potentially across the board, how do you slow it down? I mean, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, I guess you could revoke the all the fancy new intersphere quirks that gave increased DPS to weapons, but I don't want to see that happen. Well, that. What about the clans? Because the way I look at it is, time to kill has been low ever since the PPCAC five meta that happened way well, back when. 
Let's talk about the time to kill in the first place. Uh, is it really too low that when you have a 1v1 fight, those fights usually last quite a bit, like at least 20 seconds in most cases. A 1v1 fight lasts a long time, but what people are talking about is when they walk out, expose themselves to the whole enemy team, and lose half their mech almost instantly. That's because like six mechs are shooting at you or more. So you're punished for your mistakes, and that's, I think, what people say when they are upset about how short it is or the time to kill. Well, I don't so, think time I don't think time to kill is actually that low in a 1v1 situation when two only one mech is shooting at you. You pay for your mistake of exposing yourself to more than one enemy. So I guess what we have to do is we actually have to ask yes, you're right. Right? Like at the current if if you look at the game in the current sort of uh, how the game is right now and you say okay, taking an XL engine or knowing not to poke around the corner uh, right, that's a part of the skill of the current game, right? But I guess my question is, is that the ultimate goal? And when you know you hear stuff like Paul, uh, you know, mention time to kill, and you hear, you know, Russ mention, and you know, the general populace, would it be a horrible thing to say, hey, let's slow this down, as far as time to kill, right? Um, and because even if the, uh, at the top level you guys are going to adapt, you don't really care as far as what necessarily happens to the mechs because you're, you know, top of the food chain. But I guess, you know, should you always be riding on that knife edge of it's literally just black and white. So I guess, how would you slow things down? Brandon, do you have any ideas on that? The only thing I could really think of right offhand is if you were to increase the internals and armor again a little bit. I mean, we're already at double, though, compared to what the actual TRO numbers are. So going up to like two and a half times um, might slow things down, but overall, I I like where it currently sits. I feel punished for being out of position, but at the same time, if I'm in position and I'm doing, I'm with my lance and we're doing what we're supposed to be doing and working together as a team, I feel like there's actually a benefit if you focus top, if you focus targets, if you play as a team, that sort of stuff. Uh, of course you're going to just melt through mechs when four of you are targeting one mech together. Um, but when you're out out of position, of course you're going to get hurt back because the enemy, enemy team is doing the same thing. So currently I'm torn between it. So. Oh, and so we're talking about a few layers here though because you guys are talking about player positional awareness, right? Situational awareness. You're also talking about in the current look of the game, um, you know, if you looked at the how the game is played right now then yeah you know you have to you have to be smart where you position yourself and i'm not saying you take away from that um but there are multiple layers to time to kill and why it's you know potentially looked at as being too low or too high um side strife what are your opinions i mean would you slow things down i thought i was gonna have to argue but actually <laughs> i think some of us are actually on the same page I'm I'm always for player accountability, um, and and I do prefer uh, prefer a more lethal game, whether it's an infantry shooter, an armored combat game, tanks, planes, whatever. Um, I believe in using cover and tactics and communication and maintaining situational awareness. And I think if you go out in the open, you get shot up by a bunch of mechs, like Tyler said, then then yeah, you get punished for that. And and I remember this game had a tagline: it was a thinking man's shooter. I want to keep the thinking in there, I think. You know, I mean, it's, it's just uh, we, should, we should reward a player for uh, utilizing the map. And, and that's where maps, you know, come into play and, and how they're built. And I guess we'll talk about that later. But I'm 
one of those people that, I, you know, I like to look at ballistic data, but we don't have that because these are mechs. You know, we, we can look at that when I talk about tanks, you know, when I'm talking about War Thunder or something, because that argument even exists there, where people do have data and they know how long these things can or can't last. And But we don't have that here, so it is up to PGI in regards to what kind of game they want to create. But, again, I'm more for, I think, it, I think it's fine where it's at, um, you know, currently. I'm, I'm going to argue the other side then, because... I think it is too quick. And even though I agree with you, uh, Tyler and Strafe and, and Brennan, as far as if you look at it in the current, right? Currently skilled, I know if I'm in my cicada, I can't pook out, right? But it's also very punishing. It's literally black and white, right? And I feel that Battletech in general really isn't as represented as far as your mech dying around you you know not this just instant just boom you're dead right i don't feel like i'm in this war machine built for destruction i feel like i you know and it's not very difficult to basically place your reticles on targets and pull the trigger and rip off a side of a mech and, and boom it's dead right let me propose this would it be a bad thing if Across the board, there was a substantial structure increase and equipment, engines, all that had XP or HP values. So you can imagine a standard engine would have a bunch of HP and then also X amount of critical hits to it with, let's just say, negative effects like torso, you know, speed, you know, torso reduction and possible, you know, heat uh, generation, stuff like that. But then also, on the same thing, excels. What would happen, and is that a bad thing if it would look like that? So, you know, what you guys are talking about being a thinking man shooter, if I'm going to bound from one piece of cover to the other, I can do so, And but I may take a few hits. I may lose some weapon systems, possibly some, you know, heat sinks, or maybe I take a, a hit to my, you know, a leg actuator, so I'm moving a little bit slower. To me, I just feel like, would that overall decrease from the game or wouldn't it actually sort of be better and sort of live up to the Battletech lore well personally I I like the idea of the engine criticals and taking the like, like actuators and stuff like that that sort of thing that's I'm if we can get that in I would love that that being said um, the increase to the internals in order to have that happen or to have that basically as a package or whatever I'm not too sure it would be something I would hope before they would implement it or even consider it would put up into, say, like a uh, an open open public test or something like that for like a week or two or something like that, just so people can get an idea of it. Because right now, I mean, yes, if, if we could have the engine with the criticals and legs with criticals and stuff like that, and it actually had applied negative things to the mech as you took more damage, that's great. I love that idea. Um... But as far as the increase on the the armor and the internals, as far as hit points go, again, that's something I would have to play with before I get a feel for how it would go. I think um, the thing is, too, again, it's hard because, you know, I don't I come from the old video games, of course, but I don't come from the lore or the tabletop. So I, I don't know necessarily what they're supposed to be. You ask me what a what a tank from World War II is supposed to be, I can answer that, but I can't answer so it's kind of hard. They have to create the game that they want to create really and say, well, we've always meant it to be this or we've always meant it to be this. And uh, you know, so it, it is kind of hard to argue it. But again, I I just don't want to over reward the person that's gonna run up 
you know, to, to, I mean, Phil, you were a former Marine Corps Abrams tanker. I would assume that even though you at times felt pretty safe within it, they didn't tell you to, hey, you see that Russian built tank over there? Drive up as close as you can to it and shoot it. No, they probably told you to shoot the sucker from a, a mile away and, and, and make sure it's dead with all that advanced equipment you got in that thing. So it's kind of like, I almost want that mentality in a mech game, but that might just be me. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I guess what I'm looking at is, is Mech Warrior ever supposed to be a one-shot sort of kill, two-shot kill? And I get what you're saying, but I guess what I'm proposing here is that it actually wouldn't take away from what you're su- suggesting, which is, if I screw up, let's just say you had that structure increase, HP values, you had criticals implemented, you had these negative effects that might kick in, you could lose individual weapons, uh, you know, based on this equipment, heat sinks actually comes into play. None of that really comes into play. Let's be honest. Right now, it, your, your arm gets hit, next thing you know, it's off and you lose all your weapons. You may have sometimes get a weapon knocked out, especially like AC-20s and stuff or Gauss rifles because they're so big and so many crits, but usually the next hit takes off your torso or arm anyway. You don't really have this degradation of your mech. You have, I'm hurt, uh, I'm dead. That That's pretty much it. So I know there's a few different ways. So I'm just talking about structure, but there's also the other side. Some people might argue, well, instead of just upping uh, structure or, or any of that, why not just reduce weapon damage? And I would completely agree. There, there's, there's multiple different ways to tackle this. Whereas if you want mechs to live longer you could reduce the damage of the weapons across the board. Uh, you know, you might have to handle them a little bit differently. Um, or you could do a combination of weapon uh, damage decrease and structure increase and, uh, you know, criticals and stuff like that. I just feel that from a Battletech lore standpoint, uh, Strafe, mechs are, are multiple layered, right? You have your armor, right? You have your internal structure. You have mechs have muscles, synthetic muscles. They're, you know, they're they're built to be tough. They can take punishment. Um, you have, and and there's even references, by the way, of, um, and just think about this: if this was a part of mechs, that you could actually have weapons get knocked out, but it's because their power, you know, uh, you know, connector or power source got knocked out, and you'll have mech wars in the novels talking about telling their computers to try to reroute the, the power to systems um, and all of a sudden bloop the weapon comes back on so it wasn't destroyed but maybe the laser had its power you know source cut off or uh, maybe your auto cannon took a took a hit to its loading mechanism so it's you know it's a little bit sluggish or slower or your coolant got I guess what I'm trying to say is when you look at the Battletech lore standpoint mechs are a lot more versatile and can take more internal damage uh, and the, the the slow degradation, but Tyler, you were bringing up the point of mech fights in a solo can last up to twenty seconds. I just feel like is that it? Right now, it's so black and white, right? You do damage to armor, you do damage to the internal, you go to the other torso or the CT, or you go for the legs, and then that's it. There's no, there's no. I think I could give you a narrative story, just like they tell in BattleTech about every one of my games. I could go to. Twitch, look at my past broadcast from last night, and I could tell you, I could make up a story. I could literally write a f- two pages of what just happened to my hunchback as I was withered under the fire of five UAC-5s from a dire wolf that took significant damage across all torsos. Just go on and on and on, and my hunch got hurt, I've got a crit laser. I could, I could go on. It That all happens, but it, it does happen quickly. But it happens in the same way it does in, in, battle, in the Battletech novels and stuff. 
Sure. I think it's where it should be. I and I think it would be fun to actually just take a match and write a write a short BattleTech story about it. You could do that. So is it a bad thing though? I mean, even from the the top level of mechs, actually, it's you know easy to crack, but you know tough to kill. Where you can system, you may want to systematically go after a mech. Like prior to the clan being introduced, that's how it sort of used to be. Um, you know, you you'd want to go for that. You know, um, Jaeger. You know, right on or the Dragon Slayer right arm to get rid of the ballistic, and then you know, is right now it's just oh, we'll just go for the CT or left or right torso and boom, it's out. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, is it a bad thing if structure and survivability was increased, but not necessarily the component survivability so their their lethalness can be stripped or, or taken down, their effectiveness? Is that a bad thing? It. I wouldn't be fully opposed to it if they decided to double structure or something like that. I would not be against it, put it on the same level of armor. I think the game is fine where it is right now in my experiences but in order to get that full effect you need to be shielding you need to be moving you can't be standing still staring directly back at your enemy and expect to survive very long the time to kill has gone down i'm sure since the clan got clan's gone in there's very dangerous weapons out there and you need to be a better pilot in order to avoid dying also i wasn't really um, you know uh saying that it should be a one-shot kill obviously i don't really wouldn't want a mechware game to be like that but i think it's it's more so that uh in in its current form it's it's very simplistic and again we, we just don't i don't i haven't read things so i can't say how long a battle should last in a one-on-one fight or whatever but i think i think that how simplistic the system currently is because it's just it's just simple numbers and you've removed this um, this number from this piece of armor and and now you're into the internals other games, obviously, other tank games that I play, like War Thunder one, uh, they they take armor angling and things like that into account. You know, I don't know how in depth they could potentially get with it. I mean, you would increase survivability based on okay, this mech's armor is angled or it's curved. An auto cannon shot actually bounced off of it. I mean, there's other ways that you could almost slow things down based on like real physics, but. I think it's more advanced programming, and I don't know if they're up to that task. Well, you know, again, when when I look at this situation, and I agree there should always be a risk versus reward. You should have to utilize cover. And in a one-on-one, a, a mech, you know, battle may... But when you're, when you're getting shot by three potential mechs, four, when you can't really come around a corner... I mean, prime example would be like a River City, right? We currently use the tactics, you know, it's like... Uh, everyone goes up to the citadel uh, people move up on top of the citadel you go left you go right you know you come around and it's just a wall of fire and you know that's that's just the nature of the beast because you know if you poke out too much you're just going to get blown apart and stuff i mean it will and the current system does change player behavior i mean you guys would agree that i mean right the the current system i think changes how people navigate the maps how they engage targets and it is i would say it's very punishing especially like there's no middle ground it's literally you're you're alive and then boom you know you're dead i i don't know i mean do you feel that uh introducing you know these type of critical systems critical hits and and structure bonuses and stuff do you think that would be good or bad 
for players? I mean, because what you guys are basically saying is skill. It should always involve skill. But what we're talking about, it doesn't take away from that, right? I mean, if a good pilot is a good pilot and could hold their you know, weapons on target and engage and use terrain and cover and stuff, that still doesn't really change anything. I just wouldn't want to make up for the lack of a basic understanding of simple tactics. And, and I just like, because today it's going to be the time to kill is this. And then, and then a year from now, it's still not good enough or because we always, we hang out in forums for different games and, or I do at least, and I read and I see and what happens. And, and, and it's always, you know, that guy in the game that runs out and is like, where's my, you didn't support me. It's like, you ran out in the middle of the map. I mean, so I just don't want to keep, I'm all for realistic and cool kind of features, even in, a, in the a, you know the sci-fi fantasy mech world. But I just I just I don't know. I, I don't want to go too far and, and and say that like okay, well because you keep dying, we're gonna give you more armor or we're gonna do something. I think we need to push people to be more tactical. I don't know if we can ever do that. I mean, in in North America, I think it's even worse. Just in general, with with the types of games that we play, people. I mean, look at look at. Games like COD, the respawn is instant. You get, you died. Who cares? There's no, there's no punishment for that. You know, I, I, I don't know, but that's me. Now, speaking of respawns, it's possible that people will just get their fix in Community Warfare's uh, the dropship or invasion mode for or three respawns. They might think that's good enough. Let me ask you a counter question: With the current meta, as far as uh, you know, the top tier play. Um, laser vomit uh, or you know large alphas and or large dps volleys and stuff like that would you i mean currently that affects to how the top tier is played um obviously someone in the uh the chat said you know if you increased structure you'd have to increase ammo I, I'd, I'd give you that but also um it would allow weapons to have other effects other than just straight damage right i mean the lbx10 for the most part a lot of people would say is you know it's it's by itself it's meh right it's great on the centurion id or the orion now uh but it has an increased you know crit chance you know those are things that you can actually start doing to weapons or mechs specifically if there was more structure if there was a, you know you can increase that to, and actually have a critical system which we don't have right now because mechs die too quick um you know for instance standard uh you know engines and xls they don't there's no crit to them. There's, and there's always been those things in Battletech, but they're not uh, They're not currently there. I mean, that's one thing you could do is you could introduce stuff like that and actually have values uh, for mechs. You could, hell, the, the BJ-1 could have a, an AC-2, um, you know, quirk that increased the crit chance. Not pen, pen and armor. I'm just saying increased crit chance. That would give it something unique that, you know, other mechs, even with an AC-2, weren't doing, you know, or something like that. Well, this is back to the... I, I would say that that LBX on a mech, LBX-10, would be more significant in a 1v1 fight. I understand that when it's you and four of your teammates shooting at a single mech, your LBX didn't get much time to crit, or your crit didn't matter. But again, in a 1v1 fight, you're looking for every crit. Every little advantage you can get in a 1v1 fight can turn the fight in your favor. So uh, it, it would be a significant boon in a 1v1, but... Yeah, it's it's back to that same argument. I don't think time to kill is too low because it's just that people get themselves in bad situations and get mauled by a mass group of enemy mechs. So you're saying you you'd be okay with the slight buff? You don't want to see it go over exaggerated, though. I mean, that's what I'm sort of hearing. 
That's right. And if you give mechs more structure and keep everything else the same, it will make brawling stronger. There's other consequences. Because brawling uses a lot of very heat-efficient weapons that deliver high damage. So if you increase structure, lasers will become less effective because they'll, they're, the heat will be over the top. You have to wait for your cooldowns. Whereas SRMs and autocannons will become stronger because you can sustain their fire on the enemy for longer until they die. So there's a lot of consequences that will happen if you change things around like that. Alright, so you know, moving on to our next topic, sort of it crosses over into what we've talked about since the clans have uh, been here and now we have the IS and the quirks in the field both have distinct you know differences uh, you have the clans for the most part most of their mechs are quick right they have they're maneuverable they're they're survivable what do you guys feel or how do you feel the differences between the two uh, should be do you feel like one should be uh, high DPS or maneuverability whereas the other is more tanky I mean what are your guys thoughts on the, the difference between IS and clan well I always felt I've said this before I think a while ago in one of the podcasts is that I always felt clan max was like a, um, a Swiss army knife where you have it can do pretty much anything because uh, of the omnipod system but it's never the master of one so there's no specialization because it's just so so much variety. Whereas with the inner sphere, I feel like each mech has a specific role and function, um, especially now with the quirk pass on them, and they feel a lot more varied and bigger in variety. And as such, I can have fun doing different things with them. I guess that's where the biggest difference comes. I, I guess with inner sphere, it feels more focused that you should be doing a certain thing with a with a mech whereas with the clans i just have the same build on all three gotcha now coming from the outside uh side strafe do you have any i mean i know you played the, the past games but the past games clans were ridiculously you know like op but i mean looking at from your experience do, do you see a difference or do, do you feel like there should be a difference in a different aspect well i mean it, it's 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 tough, and um, you know I always like to play underdog, you know, mechs. So even even when uh, everybody's playing clans, I still just will jump back into an inner sphere mech and and try to win with it to see what happens. But uh, I would almost agree that that uh, you know jack of all trades, master of none for the clans. That's that's a good way to look at it. Um, I'm almost even trying to think of other games. I mean, you could again, you could look at other mech games. Like you could look at some of the old heavy gear games. You could look at uh, even tank games to kind of think like what nation had what type of thing. You know, slow, heavy, more armor, big gun versus mobility, reliability, things like that. Uh, well, you wouldn't really do reliability in a video game usually, but uh, you know, uh, I think we can we can always look to history to to get ideas for how to make a game uh, and, and 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 easily implement these things in this situation. Now, Tyler, before I ask you, there, I think there's a few things here uh, because I've heard a lot of people say, um, and the top tier players, for the most part, all play Clan Mechs because of the Laser Vomit builds, uh, Timberwolf, Stormcrow, Direwolf, pretty much. Um, you know, when you can throw on two large pulse and four mediums or, you know, t whatever combination of, of, you know, ER weaponry or pulse weaponry on any of the mechs, and you can do masses, mass damage. But. I feel like there's reasons behind that, right? Like, let's... Is that because the potential DPS is there and volley? Or is it because 
ballistics just aren't given it enough incentive to take them or the missile weapon systems i mean what what is your thought on that Tyler? well besides the the recently quirked interstellar max it's the clan lasers do so much more damage while the ballistics and missile weapons of the clans do the same damage as their intersphere counterparts. So if you're using clan lasers, you already have a one-up on whatever the intersphere was bringing, unless they're significantly quirked, like the Thunderbolt 5SS. So also, clan lasers, you know, they weigh less, much like the ballistics. They weigh less, it's easy to just dump tons of heat sinks on yourself, because it's only two slot heat sinks. It just makes sense for the clan mechs, and it's going to make even more sense here coming up in Community Warfare when ammo is going to be a serious concern and you're going to have to i don't know we don't know how they're going to handle it yet but energy weapons are just going to keep getting stronger so is that where even is energy weapons are a little bit too strong right now in your thoughts or is it just specifically clan energy weapons just have to or lasers not even peeps or ear peeps but do lasers just need to be toned down and and or what because i must feel like most, if if not all, of them, the meta builds for Clan Max involve just all lasers. Pretty much across the board. Like, that's... I, um, yeah, prime example, uh, I mean, Ice Fair lasers. Uh, you, you really you can't do a whole lot. You can't really do ballistics on that. Uh, Adder. Uh, yeah, you can take a UAC 5 and 3 mediums. Uh, I guess, you know, you could do that. Uh, but, I, you know what I'm saying? So I guess... Looking at a Kit Fox, same thing. So, how much would you would they actually have to have longer duration? But I don't think the face time is really going to change the fact because they're still putting out more damage. I've always felt like this. I mean, we've talked about it before. If if their idea is to have longer duration and longer range, or longer range and more damage, or whatever, there needs to be a trade off. To me, it's like, hey, you're getting the range, but now you're also getting on top of that stacked, you know, damage. Well, when you can. You, an IS mech just can't face tank that. They just they just melt, right? So what what needs to happen there, in your opinion? Well, the having increased beam duration time was a good idea from the start by the developers. It means that the damage is more likely to be spread around throughout the duration of the beam. Uh, but otherwise, it would just need to nerf the weapons, the damage probably. I, they've tried increasing the heat. Uh, people just either take a one laser off of their builds, add more heat sinks, or... They do whatever. We find ways around the increasing of heat, but the damage and the sustained damage that these weapons can do is too much, and it is silly. The, the clans can just look at you with almost any build, and just and that's where I started saying it's called laser. I called it laser bomb for the first time a long time ago, when I would just see enemies not even aiming at me, just bleh, lasers all over my body from like 600 meters, and you lose 10% of your armor, and you're like, oh, that was great. And then they do it again, you lose another 10%. So they don't even need to aim. Late clan lasers are OP right at the moment. It's a little ridiculous. I'll have to agree. Clan lasers are definitely need some tweaks done to them, I think. It, it is just laser vomit is what it is. Well, can I, can I ask and interject here? Uh, is it the combination of one... Like, if, if you're talking about, like, one ER medium, right? It's one ton, it does good damage range stuff. But two of those isn't really an issue, right? But it's the fact that the Storm Pro, that you can Timberwolf... Put four and six on fairly easy. On pretty much everything, right? I yeah. mean, and then you can yeah. throw on... It, it, yeah, like I said... You, you can throw on, what, Hellbringer, you can throw on 
six or seven, medi- seven ER mediums. Depending on how you want. Or I think, yeah. yeah, and run 20, 20 double heat sinks, and you don't even have to really... Oh, yeah. So, it's it's such a good weapon, especially when the Inner Spheres competition to that is a large laser that does one more damage for four more tons and another crit slot. It's just the it's the little things like that that have always made Clans OP and pretty much everything that Battletech has had. Strafe, any uh, rebuttals or comments on that? I think it's going to be one of those things where I just might not have enough, you know, knowledge in regards to how think again it's it's more so i'm kind of you know balancing war in any game you always you always run into this, how do you do it war isn't balanced so it's always you know one company trying to create something to outdo the other one and so it's it's just how to how to come up with that and, and that's a problem that any game faces now this the thing here is it's all fictional so it's you can do whatever you want which makes things a lot easier but um you know well, i don't know well, one thing to point out, and someone in chat actually just made this, and I was going to say this, is the reason I brought up the whole one ER medium is it inadvertently affects other mechs, right? I mean, like, the amount of weapon systems you can take on the clan lights and even the clan mediums, uh, let's just say the Ice Fair and Nova. The Nova has other issues. I mean, it has the most energy out of all of the clan mechs, but it also doesn't have the tonnage to be able to boat, you know, double heat sinks and the weapon systems. Anyways... If you were to nerf, you know, just the, the ER medium or any of the, the, the laser weapon, the clan weapons, it would affect the Adder and the Kit Fox and the, you know, uh, Miss Links. Now, you can't take any heavy weapon systems really on the Miss Links, even missile weapons. I mean, you're pretty much relegated to smalls, mediums, maybe an ER large, something like that. Same thing with Kit I guess what I'm saying is, do you, if you if you nerf those, do you buff anything else? Because like again, uh, it, you know, someone might say, well, I think uh, having a direwolf with six UAC fives is you know stupid OP. Well, if you nerf the UAC, it doesn't, you know, yes, it's going to hurt the direwolf, but then it hurts everything else underneath the sun, underneath it. So, do you nerf the mech or do you nerf the weapon system? Buff the inner sphere, like just recently with the quirks. I'd rather see that. Agreed. I would rather buff it around the clan weaponry rather than nerf the clan weaponry, I guess is what it is. Bring everything else up in line instead of bringing things down to a lower level. Even realistically, you know, and they're going to they're gonna capture technology. They're going to figure out their own things. They're going to figure out how to counter it. So it's, you know, I mean, how, in your guys' opinion, how have the quirks been received? You know, are there too many complaints, the usual? Like, because I've been enjoying the quirk system. I think it was several steps in the right direction. Um, you know, one, we have Pass 2 coming. Uh, not all the mechs are going to be done, though. So, like, there was this huge overhaul on pretty much every single mech. Uh, some of them stayed the same, but the majority were touched up on. Some actually outright got completely changed uh, from feedback and actual, um, you know, just the data. Um, I do know that. Not all of those changes are going in uh, before the holidays. I know... It just basically came down to time commitment. But I do know Pass 2 was a big change. Now, Pass 1, in my opinion, I think it's great. I think it missed the mark on a few. It's chassis. But for the first time ever, like, actually, I don't, I haven't even taken a Stormcrow or a Timberwolf since the Quirks came out. Like, I have literally been like, no, I want to take my Hunchback. I want to take my Yen Lo. I want to take my, uh, you know, uh, I've been taking other mechs other than just 
you know, uh, because I feel like I can actually do something. Maybe if even if it is a very niche role, I can do that niche role very well and, you know, basically come out on top. <laughs> well, yeah, quirks are awesome. That's how we were going to have to balance Climax with, or Interfere Max with Climax. Yeah. He's, he's more. Exactly, yeah. More more quirks for the inner sphere. Um, I still stand by posi- my position that because the clan mechs are such a wide variety, and basically, like I said, the Swiss Army Knife can do anything, basically, that they shouldn't get quirks. Okay, so l- let, me, let me go back to our original topic. Time to kill. So what you guys are saying is to bring... Would it be acceptable for the ice mechs to be a little bit tankier as far as their structure, but do less damage potentially than the overarching clan, you know, clans out there. Is that what you guys are sort of suggesting? Is not just that the, the ice max get cooldown increases and stuff, but that they they can take a little bit more damage, and they should get a lot more quirks as far as you know velocities or ranges or duration stuff like that. I think I would be all right with that. Yeah. Just giving Intersphere uh, the buffs to structure, making them tougher, would definitely give them a flavor if people wanted to play more, uh, I don't know, be able to take more hits. But then you can't take much, many more hits because you're playing against clan mechs and they have higher damage. It would be an interesting balance. I, I would like to, I don't know, try like a beta of that, but yeah, that's I'm not sure thing. if that's like, the way to go. You'd be balancing... Um, Intersphere mechs wouldn't be doing as much damage, per se, per alpha type of thing. But they would have the higher... They could take more damage, whereas on the clans would be the opposite. They do a lot more damage, but they can't take as much. So I think that's where a really interesting balance could be taken. Uh, again, I'm with uh, Jaeger here. I would rather... I'd like to see something maybe in public test for a week or two and just see how it goes. Well, um, speaking of quirks, like I said, I can't talk about a whole lot. Um, Russ will have to release, uh, and he even tweeted this out. That's why I'm bringing it up. He tweeted, um, or the command chair only had two examples, like, for instance, uh, um, the dragon he posted and stuff like that. But um, not all the mechs on Pass 2 made it in for the December, December release, but obviously after the new year whatever the next patch is i think they're they're planning on getting the rest but um i know it's quite substantial and some of the mechs again just to sort of note uh from community feedback plus also from internal were changed uh to to basically better promote what the mech is uh you know supposed to do and stuff like that but um let's go ahead and move on um to something that just came out i was really excited for this map i think aesthetically it looked nice i know uh strafe will disagree with me and i want to hear his opinion but the new map, Viridian Bog, came out. Um, let's go ahead and talk really quick about the changes. Since it came out, uh, one of the things they did is they reduced the fog. Um, I think it was like a 25% or something. I don't know, something like that. Um, and the main reason for that, I think, was, one, everyone was just playing on thermal because you couldn't see past your nose, and thermal would just go right through that and you didn't have to worry. So from an aesthetics point of view, it, it was cool-looking, but from a gameplay point of view, it basically promoted the use of, uh, you know, heat vision. I didn't think that was a necessary problem all the time, but I could definitely see where it, it would hinder someone uh, if they didn't use it. And then they also removed the plants in the water. Um, anyways, your guys' thoughts on Viridian Bog. Let's go ahead and start with uh, Strafe. What's your overall opinion? And I know you did a uh, YouTube video on this, but what's your overall opinion now that you've had a little bit of time with it? 
Well, I've I've been critiquing their map development for some time now. Um, and, and and the thing is, it's because we have so many other examples out there. We we know what CryEngine can do. We have the examples. We know what other devs have done with it. We we see other games. You know, you know that we're talking about games that are years older that have better looking and better uh, maps in general. And even not just looking, but aesthetics. But good maps, well built, well designed with aesthetics. We have all of those things. I just feel like we're not seeing it here. Now, I usually am just nitpicking a lot of this stuff, so I know people. I know it's going to sound like I'm complaining, but it's, it's. I'm always trying to improve everything, even myself. And I just feel like, and I'm not trying to offend any developer here. I don't mean this to be. I feel like there's a lack of talent. I feel like, even if they're worried about performance issues, I see this new map, and and it's 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 one of the better ones that I think they've come out with in a while, but. It's just, it's very simplistic. I don't feel like I'm in a big mech. I feel like there's scale issues. I feel like it's it's like five colors. And it's, it's just, from a design point, like the layout, it's not bad. You know, it's kind of cool how it works in the different levels and being able to hide behind things. But I, I just feel like we've seen people do better with current technology. It's 2014. We're almost 20, you know, 15 I just, you know, it's rough. <laughs> what about you, Tyler? Well, first to note, they did put the lily pads back in the water, so they're they're back. Uh, but secondly, I, I'm not a huge fan of the map. The decrease in the fog helped out a little bit, but uh, some of my major concerns are just the branches in the water. My mech can't raise its knee up hard at all to step over these branches. That gets annoying unless you got jump jets. Um, I, I get the sense that you're on an alien planet with the huge lobster husks and stuff, but I, I don't particularly, I don't know, it kind of breaks it for me. I understand that these there's worlds like this in Battletech with weird alien animals and flora, fauna, etc., but I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of that. The map is not symmetrical, so from a, like a pure competitive standpoint, it's not a balanced map. One side has a clear advantage. There's a few things they could do to clear that up, though. I'm overall not a huge fan of the map. There's so much intervening terrain, and at times that's cool, but other times it gets ridiculous. The game doesn't always follow its own rules. Some trees you can shoot through, some trees you can't. Some canopies you can shoot through, some you can't, and they all look the same, so... I don't know. It's The map's not put together 100%, but I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the map. I think the map's interesting um i kind of like the aesthetics of it a little bit um i enjoy this alien world it's different and i actually really like that uh that being said the play mechanics are a little bit clunky uh one of my biggest gripes is that that big um kind of pillar in the middle one team can get up on it really quickly but the other one can't um there's a way up it's like i9 hill yeah, exactly. I mean, the team that spawns on the one side always goes for and goes up, while the other team has to go all the way around. If there was another way up from the other side, I think it would be play a little bit different, maybe better. Um, that's really my biggest critique on it, is that it feels kind of weighted to one side over the other a little bit. 
Well, I've got a few yeah, things. That's exactly what I was talking about. What Catcher just said is those two hills that are kind of in the center. Both of the steps up face one direction. So one side can easily just walk up on either one of them. And the other side has to come all the way around into the enemy fire. And the enemy's probably already up on the high ground. So it's not balanced at all. And yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Jaeger as well. I find myself getting caught on vines or even trying to go up those, uh, in using in quotation, like air quotes, uh, the staircases up to the top of there. I find my mech sometimes getting very stuck um, trying to walk up those. And sometimes it's just because I look down, there's like a small little vine. I'm like, oh, I guess I can't raise my foot like an extra like two feet. My bad. There's also the fact that some of those steps are taller and than the other ones. Um, so I, I have a few things. Now, aesthetically, I actually like the map. Um, I like the idea that the sort of swamp effect, um, you know, one of the things that I think is sort of lost here is that whole right side of the map where the lily pads are, I think should be like in the middle of the map. I, I think like you, you basically have implemented this structure and instead of it just being like hard cliffs, um, you know, maybe having it so it's easily, you know, uh, you can navigate easily in and out. Um, but I just feel like the only time that's ever used I've seen is on Conquest, which isn't really even a thing because you can just find the mechs and kill them usually. Theta's over there. I think that's fine. But again, it's I feel like that sort of lily pan area, if, if, if it was a prominent feature in the middle of the map or, or somewhere, it would actually be used. Another issue I have is the fauna actually not affecting gameplay. Now, what I mean by this is I'm not saying it should block everything here. So hear me out. There is no hide. If you don't have ECM on that map, there is no hiding from anybody. Because if you're up on that hill, you can lock on and shoot targets through the canopies of the trees. Now, if you have ECM and you're on top of that hill, you'd engage targets and they're not going to be able to see you. Um, my proposal is I feel that the tops of the trees, the canopies, and the tops of the lily pads should obstruct locking onto the target not stopping the shots and i agree with you tyler that it should be universal can i shoot through this tree or can i not shoot through this tree can i shoot through the canopy or can i not shoot through the canopy but i feel like from an aesthetic standpoint it works right it creates that sort of okay big trees canopy cover but from a gameplay standpoint all it is is just you know obscuring someone's vision that's all that's all it is and that's going to affect some people more than others. So I feel like even and even if you implemented some types of physics with the lily pads, not where you can shoot them, but maybe they bent and moved with the mechs that ran into them, you know, and, and whatever. Um, I feel like that would go a long way, but that they're actually physical things that have gameplay implications. Because right now you might as well not even really have them except for the fact that if they help obscure view from the top down, but they don't obscure target lock on, which basically doesn't really do anything then so that's one of my gripes about uh about it another gripe i have is sort of similar to what you were saying tyler which is there's so much going on that there's not really clear past where to move per se because you have all these little things and i feel like from an aesthetic point of view it looks cool from a gameplay point of view you don't have as much freedom of movement on that map which i think leads to the the sort of gameplay on it like you do on Forest Colony, Frozen City, any any of the other ones where you have clear sort of 
lanes that you can move. You, you have clear paths you can move around. And on this, there's just so much going on. Um, I feel like you, next thing you know, I'm stuck on something and I'm like, God, you know, what the hell? And, you know, like the big husks, I'm okay with. They're big. I can see them, right? But all the little things that stop you in your tracks, it's sort of like that uh, on River City, those little posts. Oh, my God, right? Like, what, why would they do that? They're the size of a, a, a human, you know? But aesthetically, I like it. I just feel that from a gameplay perspective, some of the aesthetics don't translate well into the gameplay. I think they need to go back and resolve a lot of issues that the maps have had. And I know that going back doesn't make a company money, but the problem is aesthetics or not, the maps have issues. And, 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 and a lot of it, I think, inherently has to do with the lack of destructibility. I mean, these are supposed to be these giant weapons of mass destruction stomping through a well yeah destruction does help with that it, it just does so it, it's kind of like you, you gotta implement it because community warfare is gonna roll out it's probably gonna, they're gonna obviously need a lot more maps to simulate these planets and you don't want to keep developing this on, on on the on the same foundation you know on a, on a already broken foundation and keep making these maps that are already having problems so it's almost like they Honestly, well, like when that whole transverse announcement came out, I was like, I wanted a map department. Get a get a full blown talented big map department because you gotta churn out these awesome, you know, awesome badass maps. You're gonna need them, and and I, I just think that, I just think that that's probably one of their weakest areas. Honestly, aesthetics or not, whether it looks good or doesn't, we have other examples. We know that it can be done better. I'm not gonna really accept the performance excuses anymore because. There's something in PC gaming called options. Most gamers should know how to use them. If you don't, I'll make a video for you free of charge to show people how to use options in a game to set your settings so you can run the game. But I just think that even, you know, from aesthetics and design and layouts and balance, there's problems here and it just seems like it's stemming from something else. Well, I will say, you know, mech aesthetics has always been right on. I love seeing Alex's uh, stuff. Yeah, Mechs are beautiful, and that concept artist deserves a, a raise. He is, he's one of the... Uh, well, pr <laughs> prime example is Forest Colony. Now, there are some balance issues to it. It's small. But for me, yes, it could look prettier, per se. But you have clear lanes where you can move. I would say the, my biggest pain in the ass on that map out of uh, to one nitpick is all the cargo containers um, on the side of the ship. That's really the only place, in my opinion, that gets crazy as far as path pathing. Uh, Caustic Valley. It's actually Caustic Valley is one of the the better you know maps that you don't have uh, these issues. Um, and I guess that's what I'm getting at is I feel like it was a step in the right direction aesthetically. It's it's probably it, to me I think it looks cool the new map. But from the gameplay and pathing, I would say it, it, it missed the mark on, you know, and th that's where I'd like it. And by the way, the, the older maps are getting revisited after uh, Community Warfare kicks off. I do know that. Insider stores. Um, but um, I hate you so much right now. I know, right? But uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll cover more of that in the vlog videos and stuff as, as that, you know, actually is happening. Um, but um yeah, I, I just feel like it was a good step in the right direction. It was a step back in a few others. Um, and hopefully, you know, maybe that the map does get a few changes so um, you're not getting stuck and tripped up on that it's equal opportunity on some of those uh, terrain, you know, uh, to where it's not favoring one side or the other. 
Um, I feel like if you want that bog to that that lily pad area to actually be used on a daily basis, which I think is a great idea, by the way, it needs to be moved. Like it has to be a part of the main part of the map. Um, it's sort of like on Costing Valley, that whole water side. No battles really happen there, but that's also because there's no cover. There's no concealment, right? Um, so, anyways. The only time you see someone going that way at all in Caustic Valley, just speaking of, is when you have an ECM light, something like that, sneaking around to get the other caps on Conquest. Yep. Just speaking on maps as well, I want to pipe up for something that uh, Sidestrafe said. I completely agree. I would love to see, um, as far as map designs and stuff like that, I know we're not they don't want to allow community made maps to go in but i would love to see community designed maps so if the community could like design a a map and put it on paper and everything like that they would then take it and model it and that sort of thing instead of the community actually making the map they do the designs and stuff like that and have feedback and that sort of stuff i would love to see that sort of thing this community is very talented just a lot of the art that i see and, and animations and I, you asked. I'm, I'm sure that they could even create maps that would blow us away. But you know, oh, yeah, I mean, that's a fantastic idea to allow them and say, "Hey, vote on this." So many talented individuals that I guarantee could come up with some great ideas. Exactly. I, th- I think, and as well as with the map design, you're just drafting what it would look like, that sort of thing, uh, top down, maybe some side views, that sort of stuff of what you would like to see posted up there. Have the community give feedback, that sort of stuff, and then they take the best ones actually do them up themselves in pgi um but it's all based off of community designs that sort of stuff i mean yeah absolutely i've seen i've already seen people make um maps supposedly for like mwo um and that sort of thing in the community and i understand the whole legality thing and stuff like that with community made maps as being a uh, team fortress 2 mapper or part of a mapper team um there's a lot of red tape and that sort of stuff you have to jump through um but yeah, the design and stuff like that, I think, would be an absolutely fantastic idea. All right, guys, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, which uh, just came out, uh, I think it was today, last night. It was the December roadmap. Um, obviously, it mentioned, in my opinion, the biggest thing, which was uh, you had the King Crab and Gargoyle Max that were coming out December 16th or this month. You know, uh, you had the, the some of the quirks past two were going in, not all of them, again, just to preface that. Um, you had, and then you had community warfare. You, oh, be, before you also had, uh, the hitbox fixes on the Hellbringer, which actually was pretty important. <laughs> um, and then you had the December, uh, community warfare. Um, now they pref- he prefaces this with beta and I think this is a smart move. And the only reason is I want people to realize this. And this is just from me is this is the first iteration guys. If you played any other game that has sort of planetary warfare or conquests, you know, World of Tanks, prime example, clan warfare, it's gone through multiple changes, but this is going to be the first iteration. There's going to be changes coming. There's going to be additions. There's going to be alterations. Um, And I'm assuming you're going to be seeing some pretty cool stuff within the next uh, two weeks, uh, showcasing it and stuff like that. Wink, wink. Um, But uh, yeah, anyways... It's not too far away, guys. We're, t- we're, we're less than two weeks now. Well, about two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. And uh, it's finally here. Finally. So I'm really excited about this. I was talking to um, you last night, Tyler, about this. Of, I think it's going to be interesting because you have some very good teams out there, uh, right, that we know of right now. But it's going to be interesting what teams come out of nowhere because I have a feeling there are going to be there, – there's going to be so many people involved. Um, it'll be interesting to see the dynamics, but I think there's going to be so many conflicts going on that uh, 
you know it's it's yeah i, I it's gonna be i want to say crazy but it's gonna be it's gonna be nice seeing that map being lit up and having conflicts everywhere on the borders or in between each other and stuff like that i'm 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 excited yeah i'm really excited for it as well we've waited for this for a couple years now and it's almost here well one thing we were talking about last night was is the uh, unit's stats going to be public? And I think this is a, a good point. And the reason being is if mercs are actually being hired via contract or whatever, you can actually do efficiency-based contracts. Like, you could say, okay, well, that merc is 95% you know, efficient in completing its contract of taking that planet. We're going to hire their ass over that next one that's only at 89%. Right. And the reason I bring this up is if resources involved, contracts and stuff is the fact of does your win loss or success rate matter? And um, Tyler, we were talking about, you know, from the competitive from the comp team side, winning is all that matters. Right. That that's the ultimate goal. Well, I feel like that's a perfect example of like something that would be useful is saying, hey, you know, you say you're the best does your stats align with that and you know if it, you're in a contracts and stuff like that and i think that's something that only a few other handful of games that i know of like eve online uh you know marks could actually use efficiently ba- efficiency based combat stuff but this would be a different type of efficiency is like are you successful in taking the planet you know uh yes or no you know so i think that would be really cool yeah in order for competitive teams behavior to be influenced there would need to be something public like that and actually make a competition of it but this is just going to be open beta, apparently, so not everything's in yet, but we'll see where it goes. What are uh, some concerns uh, from the, the, the comp side that you guys are seeing right now? Well, there's no concerns for us. We Pretty much all of the comp teams already have decided which, which way they're going. There's going to be a lot of competitive teams that are going to go clans because that's where the strongest mechs are right now. And like you said, it ultimately all that matters is winning. Much like real warfare, all that matters is winning. So most uh, competitive teams are going to go clans and we expect it to be a stomp fest unfortunately we've given all the warnings we can we've tried to give input on how to balance clans versus is the quirks are helping it's still not going to be enough and i think we're going to see many tears across the inner sphere and planets being lost i made a few comments last night that uh i think uh some people didn't agree with but it was the fact of i don't know i sort of look at a different perspective if i'm a good player I expect a challenge. So my challenge would be, if I'm part of a group that's top tier, would be to go against the grain and fight for the IS. But that's just me. I don't know. I, I guess you got to look at your, your own self um, to make those decisions. Just saying. But uh, no, I think it's going to be interesting because I also made a point of, I think even though the comp teams may be strong and if some of you guys are going clans, I think you're going to be overshadowed by the just the sheer mass of other teams involved in community warfare fighting for the is and that's sort of similar to actually how the is operated right even fighting yep. in, in in the novels which was the clans were freaking just deadly but they were outnumbered and outgunned in the grand scheme of things so even though you're attacking a planet and you may take take a planet you may have just lost three other planets uh, just because of the, the fights going on. So it, it will be interesting seeing how things sway back and forth or if, if it's just a total stop because, you know, um, you know, I don't know. I, I just feel that some players, even though they'll be, you know, they're going to be clanners, 
you know, I think they're still going to get their, their butts handed to them. I don't think it's just going to be a win-win uh, for them all the time. So I think you're going to see some clan tiers too. I, I honestly do. Well, Innistrad is not going to be able to properly leverage that advantage because fights can't happen without there being a clan team to fight them. So even if there are more Innistrad pilots, they can't launch into a map 24v12. It's still 12v12. It's a totally even fight. And a fight can't happen unless there's a clan team to fight against. So all these games are going to be accounted for. And I expect that most of them, the clans, are going to win. So we'll see. Well, I I will say, like... I don't know, though, because it's not like you're going to be facing a top-tier clan team every single time, though. That's what I'm saying. So what if they take the same drop decks? Player skill is going to come into effect. And like I said, I know for a fact there are MechWarrior 4 groups that are coming, you know, teams that have been around since then, that made it their objective to say, yeah, we're really good, but we're not going to hop, you know, aboard the clan, you know, bandwagon of, oh, yeah, they do more damage and blah, blah, blah. We're going to find ways to work against the clans and i remember that too i remember uh, the kellhounds uh back in odl and uh, sl leagues back in the day used to do that they were top of the tier but they also challenged themselves to defend the is against the clans just because you know again sort of picking your side of what kind of you know uh, mech warrior are you you know so i was going to say straight are you going to be participating in uh, community warfare <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, you know, it's one of those things where it's just a logistical thing. I'm not part of any type of, you know, unit or anything, and it's and it's always hard to to get involved with those things when you're kind of doing the YouTube thing. So it's it's you know how it is. You should do a clan strafe, or 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 you know, unit strafe or something. Invite all of your uh, viewers to to join you. It'd be like the mob. It, it, it would be nice because a lot of my viewers are like-minded in regards to tactics and things like that. It would almost be just a nice challenge to almost kind of, you know, to show people that like, oh, guess what happens if you actually play smart? It would be kind of cool. I've thought about it in, in, in a variety of games, trust me. <laughs> you know, speaking of which, uh, streaming yesterday, I had someone on the stream who joined me. I was doing the public uh, drops with you guys, and I had someone. That had never dropped in Group Q. They've been playing this game forever. Never dropped in Group Q. And they did it. And they had fun. And, you know, it was a completely different experience for them. And, you know, obviously, first thing that popped up is they realized, you know, mistakes are, you know, penalized a lot quicker uh, compared to solo, uh, depending where you are, I guess, in skill level and solo. But, um, yeah, it, it, it was really cool. So, uh, anyways, props to that guy for joining us. And it was fun. But uh, moving on to our quick mentions before we go to wrap it up here, before Darren has a heart attack, because we're almost over an hour long. I know, old man. Um, let's see, we've got the Hero Mechs, the Locus, and Shadowhawk. Um, uh, I think I'm going to stand to my uh, my statement. I think the Hero Locus is probably the strongest Locus right now, uh, just because the ECM, the four mediums that can roll around and uh, be effective, and because the the change from the BAP counter, uh, the Locust is able to... to run around a little bit but strongest locust i know that's it's an oxymoron uh, in itself but it's true the shadowhawk um the greatest shadowhawk um i feel like it was a little underwhelming it has four energy the most out of all the shadowhawks but it's also on its arms which they're low slung um so it's uh it's gonna be getting some quirk love i think in pass two so pay attention to that um and maybe you might want to pick it up or if you're just a mech collection freak or a lorist you'll probably grab it anyways all I would um, say is Locust Shadowhawk bundle win. 
We've got the new clan mechs, the Hellbringer and Mist Lynx. Hellbringer came out, huge issues with the hitboxes, that's fixed. Um, I would say it's probably, if not the second strongest uh, clan heavy, probably, I would say it's the second strongest. I mean, out of the, the Mad Dog Summoner, I would say, yeah, it, it's probably the second. Uh, that ECM is a huge benefit. It's got great amount of hard points. Uh, the locations are great. And then plus as ECM, not to mention, um, but uh, doesn't have jump jets. It's just as fast. Anyways, I think it'll be uh, right there. Miss Link's. I think I this <laughs> Link's falls short, and this is why I think it falls short. It's a cool looking mech, great size. They got the scale correct. I'm super excited about that. I wish the Kit Fox and Adder would have been scaled properly as well. Those things are the size of mediums. But this is what the Miss Links fall short on. Um, and it's the fact of it comes stock with stock structure uh, or armor values for a 25 ton mech. There's really nothing you can do on that. That does well. All the weapons are on the arms. You lose an arm, you're out of the fight. You take ECM, you don't have a whole lot. It just doesn't have the tonnage to be able to do a whole lot. The most fun I've had in the Mislinks is when myself and two others um, went and played them like a group of elementals. And it was the most fun I've had in my life. All three of us would be roaming together, and then we would just jump on a mech and hit it once or twice, and then we'd all just use that 90 degree thrust and just jump out of there it was the most fun i've had in my life i will say when it first came out i escaped to locust by jumping over a mountain and it was pretty cool but other than that i think uh it, it needs some some potentially some some structure buffs i'm just gonna say that for the mislink i think it, some structure buffs would go a long way arm structure buffs would would dramatically help that particular mech to where it's yeah to not be tied to all those jump jets and the cap in the head. Uh, we had the weekend events, the two and a half uh, times XP event, Victor Challenge, all this stuff going on in the past weeks. I really enjoyed the XP. Um, I only caught Monday of it because I was gone for the holidays, but I was able to blow through the Hellbringer and it helped me um, with a few other mechs. So I envy all of you guys that had the entire weekend to be able to do that. But that is also why we got the Hellbringer uh, earlier was because of the snafu that happened i think last thursday there were stuff issues with the two and a half times and challenge but a lot of people are asking to bring back the victor challenge and now this well, is just said he might bring it but back th this is crazy this is another example of mixed community feedback because i had people saying it was horrible worst thing ever and that this is ridiculous was, that you have to win and blah, blah blah well hold on hold on, hold on. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but that's what I'm saying is they sometimes they are screwed if they do and screwed if they don't. And this is where I feel that it, you have to look at, you know, Russ would have to look at what, where was player numbers? Was it good? Hey, it was good. You know, was it a challenge? Yes. And that's what I'm saying is it shouldn't always be just a hand me ha handout, right? You should sometimes have to work for it. Now, I will say this. You do have to be careful with the rules because it will promote a certain type of gameplay from friendlies, uh, whether in the solo or group queue. But uh, anyways, I think uh, a lot of people enjoyed it. And my, my only thing would be if they did bring back the victor challenge, add something else for the people that already got the victor, um, like another amount of points for just like a bonus type thing. We also had uh, a few things, again, for quick mentions. We had the Shimmering Sword, 
uh, did a new piece for the Biff, and it's the Beef's Atlas artwork. We have a link. I think uh, Brandon can link that really quick in the chat, and uh, this will be in the show notes. Uh, super awesome. I saw this, and it was uh, great, and I shared it everywhere. I just wanted to share it with you guys because I love the Beast videos, and I love Shimmer and Sword artwork, and so the two combined, it was it, it's, it's beautiful. And I actually like that Atlas. That thing, to me, it looks flippin' sweet, so... Good job on the Atlas, and great job on your videos, Beef. Keep up. And if you haven't checked out Beef's videos, make sure to do so. Subscribe, support that dude. He makes some great shit. Another shout-out to a community member. You guys know him as G-Man, or G-Man, uh, as everyone else calls it. I think uh, Tyler calls him G-Man. But uh, G-Man, metamex.com. Make sure to check it out. He posts up uh, stuff, so if you want to get the lowdown on what's going on in meta or from the comp scene or from the comp player's point of view... And that is where you go. Got that. Uh, so some shout-outs to you, Gaman. Uh, appreciate all the hard work you're putting out there. And he's putting out, like, a ton of articles. Anyways, check it out. We also had another awesome community-made thing, and that was Sparks Murphy Mech Blueprints. This was actually over at the MWO um, Burks uh, website. Got a link for you guys. If you haven't checked it out, he's posting up more. I wish he did, like, higher-res 1080 or 1440p versions. <clears throat> if you're listening, Sparks, do so. 1440p for the win. But these blueprints are awesome. Uh, check them out. And uh, if you like mech porn, yeah, this is for you then. And then speaking of mech porn, one more thing. We had the interstellar operations uh, from the Catalyst. Um, but the artwork on this is Flying Debris himself. And I love that Banshee. I love the look of it. I would love for the Banshees to look like that in game. Just said, that's a Banshee. One, I just want to point out, one of the things I enjoy about FD's work is all the small little details um, on the mechs and stuff like that. The small little hidden jokes and that sort of stuff. So, I just like in that picture that it's not just some, it, like, it's not huge and blobby. Like, the current version is very blobby. It's very, uh, I'm a huge aesthetics of the mechs. It's a little bit slimmer profile on this. I love it. Uh, yeah, anyways. Make it so. Make it so. And, of course, we have one more thing to notice, which is the 2014 Warhammer t-shirt. Uh, for those that ordered the pre-sale, yours is in the mail. If you live in the U.S., you actually might get it today or tomorrow. Uh, for all of you guys outside the U.S., you just have to wait for it to get to you. But uh, we have the stock up on our uh, store, so make sure to do that. This is the second run. We haven't done a third run of a shirt, but uh, I love the quality. I was showing the guys on the stream uh, like two days ago. Um, it came out really well. The, the contrast of the blue and the black, I liked it. So, anyways, those are up if you want to uh, grab one. And uh, if you do want to grab one, make sure to do so. Uh, they will go out of st stock pretty quick. Anyways, just want to give a big shout out to the community. You guys are awesome. Hopefully, you had a good holiday for those in the U.S. And a big thank you to our listeners, new and old, and our amazing staff, guys behind the scene, and to our sponsors out there. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. And a quick shout out to Sidestrafe. Again, thanks for being on the show. I love hearing your feedback, whether we agree or not. That's okay. What will, what would the world be like if everyone agreed, right? Like that, that oh, would be horrible. And thank you so much for having me. It's always nice to be here. And we'll have him on the show again. And make sure to check out his uh, billionaire Playboy YouTube channel and uh, give him grief in his uh, videos and comments too. Oh, did I say that? Make all those alt accounts and start trolling. Trolling all. And of course, this was your local No Guts, No Galaxy Mechware podcast signing off for tonight. This is Phil. This is Brandon, also known as Catrick Hell. This is Tyler. And this is the one that strafed sideways. Side strafe out. Until next time, Mech Warriors.
Don't forget to follow us on YouTube at No Guts No Galaxy TV, on Twitch at NGNG TV, on Facebook at No Guts No Galaxy Podcast, on Twitter at No Guts No Galaxy, on iTunes at No Guts No Galaxy, or via your favorite podcatcher with the RSS feed at feeds.feedburner.com forward slash NGNG.